0: welcome to copy room chat we all know some of the best teacher collaboration happens in the copy room the copy room chat podcast is brought to you by the practical teachers and hosted by me renee hirano and amy Youngren. amy and i are bringing those conversations and collaborations to you This podcast is a place where we tackle authentic classroom struggles and celebrate those successes. We will share stories and highlights from our diverse classroom experiences. In each episode, we provide a quick tip or tool that educators can use in their classrooms immediately. In just our first three episodes, we will chat about establishing a productive mindset for the year, how to negotiate classroom setup, and navigating those important first days of school. These are just the beginning. Are you looking for mentorship, support, or just a place to feel connected? You've come to the right podcast. Click the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the chat. See you in the copy room. Hey teachers, welcome back to the copy room. I'm your host Renee Hirano along with Amy Younggren.
1: Today Renee and I want to chat about lesson planning. So how do we design lessons so they're engaging, easy to implement, provide for differentiation, but are also fun for our students? How do we maximize all this given curriculum that we have, but also pair it with the knowledge of our students and their needs? So we know we were all taught lots of the basics of lesson planning. And we remember turning our lesson plans in, getting feedback, revising them, rewriting them, Mm -hmm. teaching them again. But what does lesson planning really look like week in and week out, day-to-day basis in your classroom while also managing all the changes that come at you during the year? It can be super overwhelming to do this day in and day out. So I was hoping, Renee, you could help us to simplify this a bit.
0: Yeah. Amy, as you're talking about and kind of thinking about those questions and the things we talked about for this episode, I'm thinking about the Holy Grail, right? Like, yeah, there's just so many, like, I think we've used it too. It's like juggling, right? We're just just juggling so many things. And so I think, I think the most important thing for me about lesson plans that I have really come to realize is that they do need to be standards driven. Um, The purpose of lesson planning is to keep us standards driven mm-hmm. we want to in our year we want to cover as many or all of our grade level standards or our district district prioritized standards you know no matter what subject you teach we are standards driven there is something that we, we want to accomplish in a year and so i think um that's what we need to think about for our lesson plans i also just want to put in there that we need to make our lesson plans for ourselves and then adjust or add to your plans when you have to might have to turn them in or you might have to give them to someone right lesson plans are for us they are um our roadmap our gps that's kind of the analogy that i think about Mm -hmm. when i think about my lesson plans for the week it's really my roadmap like how am i going to get to the destination daily how am i going to make sure at the end of the week i've accomplished what i want and really build that and I always think about back to when, you know, many years ago when I was student teaching my cooperating teacher, he was an amazing mentor teacher. I was a very fortunate new teacher who got an amazing cooperating teacher. And one of the best piece of advice, advice he ever told me was everything is on purpose in your classroom. Everything is on purpose. And you should tell kids that everything is on purpose and have a purpose for it. And it's one of the things I really carry with me today. I, I don't, when I'm planned and I think about and I put all these purposeful things in, I know that it doesn't matter who comes in my class when they do, because I'm going to have a purpose and a reason. Huh. Now they yeah. might not always agree with that reason, but <laughs> I have a purpose and I have a reason. And that's what I think about for lesson plans. In your uh-huh. lesson plans, put everything that you want that's purposeful, that's going to get you to meet that standard, to teach those students, to help them achieve. So, yeah, and I like roadmap.
1: I like your reminder of making it for you, making it for me. Um, you know, don't want to get lost in who else may be reading this. Eventually, that most likely will happen. But um, I like your reminder that lesson plans are for us; they're to get us through. So, whatever form, whatever form that takes for you, should be for you. I, I like that reminder. So. I, I like the GPS, the roadmap, but how do we navigate that? So where do I start? I know that I've got the standards to work from and that's where I'm going to start, but um, how do I put that into practice?
0: Yeah, so let's think about that destination or that place we're gonna get to. And I think that's really the exit ticket or the assessment at the end of the lesson or the end of the week, right? That's where I'm starting with, what does that look like? What, how are students gonna show me what they know? How, how am I going to, will I be able to see their progress from the week? And so I think we have to start with the end in mind, where am I going? And I think we, you know, how will I know what that students know it, but how also will stu- you know, this is something I'd say more recent, like how will students know if they got it? Yeah. How will they, um, how will they see themselves along this journey? And maybe they, maybe by the end of the week, what I see is they didn't get to the final destination, Right you know, I've really unpacked that standard and I know where I want them to get, to get to, but maybe they're a step behind, but I know what that step is. Right. I think that's the part about unpacking your standards and really knowing what are going to take, be my steps, you know, what are going to be, um, to get to knowing that, that they know the standard. And so I think it really, we really have to know our standards and we have to, really make those exit tickets or that assessment, which it could look a lot of different ways, Amy. It could look like, you know, it could look like a verbal, like I could ask you a question. It could look like one problem in your notebook. It could look like a seesaw assignment or it could be something on paper that's like, got it, don't got it. You remember those problems? Right. Like, Lots of different. got ways. it, don't got it. It's nothing, it's not the end, it's not a summative. It's a really informal yep. way to know like today, how did it go so that I can adjust tomorrow with that in mind and so
1: that's key not summative that is key right there yeah yeah
0: and and really like i said i think what i've come to realize is i want students
1: to know where they are right
0: i want students to know oh you've got this part of it you're you're right here now the next step is this step right because sometimes it's there's going to be a lot of steps in between we have even talked about maybe i'm not meeting the standard in one day right but Mm -hmm. what are the steps to get there I think the other part when I'm doing lesson planning and writing things down I always maximize the support of my curricular support. So I use my GPS and all its landmarks, right? Yep. I use all the, you know, the gas stations, the food stops, the 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 what are those called? The tourist attractions, right? So yeah. I think that's the part about our curricular resources and you know they are a starting point for us. And there has people have spent hours and hours time and time to to make those um, curricular resources the best that they can be. Right. Are they all everything you want? Probably not. But at the same time, they have a starting point. They have pieces you can use. And especially when you're new to a grade level or new to a curriculum, mm-hmm. I would say have a lot of fidelity to that curriculum because we don't know what's gonna work until we try it with our students. It might not be how you thought of it, but People spent time and energy, it's been vetted, and it's a place to start and learn from and see what works and doesn't work. Um, I always I use this example when I was learning to teach kids how to read, a lot of that happened in my first year of teaching, and I had a very scripted program. And it was a it was really um, a godsend for me because mm. I didn't have to start from ground zero. I had something solid that told me what to say, what students would say, and then after years of using it, I could add to it. I could take away from it. I had a good foundation that I could start to build my, my teaching of reading. Right. right? With then you that got, more, my, and you I got still,
1: more confident taking off those training wheels and building yes. it some of your own. But at the beginning, if you are nervous to start, you can lean on it. That's a good point.
0: It, yeah. And you know, in elementary school, even in high school, right? You're teaching how many different classes or how many different subjects in a day, right? Right. You, you need that. You, you know, you might have two or three preps if you're in high school. And so you really need that resource to help you Yeah. in those lesson plans, lean in,
1: use it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really, that's a good point. point. So so what's included? Um, I love a good checklist. Like, <laughs> oh, it keeps me, fo- keeps me focused and I can do almost anything if I have the right instructions. So can you help us make it streamlined? What's included in these lesson plans? So my,
0: my best advice, and this is advice I've given to all teachers I mentor myself included is that we really follow that gradual release of responsibility with the an intro um, I do, we do, you do. And let's talk just a little bit about that. Yeah. Right. That intro is including, you know, building background knowledge or assessing what schema they already have, okay. or a KWL, like what do they know and what do they want to know? You know, just that intro part is really important, including then also like, what are we going to do? Right. In that intro, you're going to start with that student friendly objective that's attainable. I kind of mentioned it before, but you know, sometimes, oftentimes, I should say, oftentimes in reading by the end of the week, we're going to work on this main idea, or we're going to be able to find key details by the end of the week. Well, each day, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Let's make those, um, those student objectives to build to that end. Or in math, let's say we are going to be adding to 20 today. Then that's my, that's my student. I can. Add within 20, right? Make a student-friendly objective. And I think that's included in the intro. Um, And then we have the I do. I'm going to model something for kids. I'm going to model. I'm going to think aloud. I'm going to share all that I know so that kids are picking up on how do I do this? What do I do? And then we're going to do some together. We're going to practice. We're going to make mistakes. I'm going to see where did they what did they really get and what part is missing? And I, during that we do, it's going to be this kind of back and forth, right? There's yep. going to be this. Um, and and then I'm going to, you do, I'm going to release it and, and see how you did. And sometimes this is the most frightening place for teachers, right? The you do like release. But yeah. it's the most important thing is like, how do they do when you're not there helping them? And if they yeah. if they don't get it, they they don't get it. If they got it, they got it right. It's not good, bad. It's just data. And now you know where to go from there. Right. And so we have to remember that the, you do is just important as the, I do letting them do it alone is what's going to give you data and tell you, did what I talk about, did it stick? Right. Did It make sense. And you know, I always tell people, right? You can have the best lesson plan and it can go exactly like you planned it <laughs> and it didn't go well. Right. Or you can have a lesson plan that you made that it went totally somewhere else and it went great. Right. Kids have no idea. Right. So you- every day that lesson is perfect to them. Right. Yeah. And it's just where you're going to go from there. I think one of the other parts of lesson planning that I missed in the beginning of my career, For sure. Was I and maybe I didn't know them then, I'm gonna be honest, right? Is that I spend a lot of time planning for misconceptions. I think about historically what do I know about kids Mm -hmm. and I having taught this before Mm -hmm. and where have the hiccups been?
1: Yeah. Where have the struggles been?
0: Okay. Where have been the pieces that they they struggled with? Or I think you've said this too before. I mean, like. What do I already know about my kids? Right. Right. What do I already know about them? And I'm going to plan for that. I'm going to make an example of that in my lesson plan and we're going to talk about it because I think the more we can plan for that, the the better the lesson will be. You know, the better um, timing will be, the better our delivery will be. And you know, we talked about in the beginning, engaging lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to always remember our audience and think about time. Sometimes I can be planning for my lesson and then I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to take 45 minutes and I need to like, wait, step back and be like, I'm teaching first graders. Right. 45 minutes is not going to cut it. So either I need to put some natural breaks in there, you know, I'm a big movement person, you know, Mm -hmm. movement helps your mind. And I came, one of the schools I worked at was a movement school and we had a lot of that. And so, um, maybe I'm going to put those in there. Maybe I'm going to split it up into two days, right? That's what you get from lesson planning as well is really just, um, it's just, it's like that roadmap. It's like how you're going to get there now on the day of driving, there might be construction you didn't know about, right? Right.
1: Right. But, well, and I, I like that kind of how you you started here to keep to keep me focused is you told the students where we're going today before you even started, and then at the end you ask them if they got there, <laughs> yeah, uh, and or how it feels to like did got it didn't get it, um, practice some more, and I you know including them in that I think at the beginning of my career. The lesson planning piece was like all about checking boxes for me and making sure I had done what I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm hearing you say, let's include them in that process um, and all their data and all their, and, and plan for the things you already know about them. I, that's so smart plan for the misconceptions, get ahead of it, make it part of the lesson. Then you've saved yourself a lot of time.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, there, you know, for any new teachers or, you know, newer to the profession, they're also, this is also something just learned over time. Right. And so I don't want anyone to beat themselves up about what you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. And I mean, some of the best, you know, you can look, we can look back on it now, Amy, and say, some of the best learning came from lessons that didn't go well or from things I didn't do right in the moment. It doesn't feel good. right? Right. You know, I think being reflective, is part, I think we've talked about this before, being reflective is in teacher's nature, right? Because our goal is to help students all the time. And so, you know, but I I do also think, you know, you just, this is something, you know, making mistakes. It is the best way to learn and it is the way. And so I would say also a part of lesson planning that we don't forget is to reflect on it Mm -hmm. or write down yeah, this went well, or this took longer, or, oh, don't do it this way, <laughs> do it another way. You know, something that's happening currently is um, I'm, I'm teaching um, departmentalized, and so I'm teaching two sections of m- this math, right? I'm teaching two sections of it. Right. Um, and so honestly, the second time I teach it, I'm better at it, and I've yeah. already made adjustments that day, but I've been forcing myself to go back and write in my lesson plan what I did to change it so that next year I'm not re- like, you know, making that again, even though I have new kids, so there might be new learning. But right. I am. I am tracking it. So, you know, I don't think
1: anyone tells you that as much when you start lesson planning, but no. write it down. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you've always told me and that you're so good at is using all that time during the day. Um, cause we can plan to a T and then, you know, we either find that most of the time we find that we ran out of time and we didn't have enough time. So I, you know, you're always so good at, and you've reminded me to use all the plan in your day and those transitions, mm-hmm. um, lining up to go outside, um, on our way to our specials class, getting our backpacks packed, whatever we're doing, those transition times, um, is where you can make up that, that time in your day. And if we can share with our neighbor teachers or our friends all those brilliant little ideas to use that transition time, that can sometimes be where we get the exit ticket in, even yeah. um, or that pre-assessment. That's some of the best time of the day. Yeah, I mean, if you ask any
0: teacher what they need more of, it's time. And I think, right, I think as quick and efficient transitions you can make, it's really the only way you the place you can buy back. And I think Amy, you always use this phrase: it's the bang for the buck. Quick transitions get you so many things.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree. They do. Well, so that was very helpful, I think. and I think the um, the biggest takeaway for us, I believe, is to plan backwards, to start with the end in mind. And I know that we hear that a lot. But in this case, it's very true. We start with the standards, and we plan backwards from a standard. And we use our assessments, the data that we have, um, to start with the end in mind. And then the other thing I really heard was to lean into your curricular resource. Good, great or okay, whether we like the curriculum or not, let's use it, Um, let's lean into it and use it to save some of that time. Yeah. Hey educators, Um,
0: looking ahead to next week, uh, we're really excited. We're gonna be chatting about planning and implementing small groups those small instructional groups that we Mm -hmm. know we need. And so Amy Mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask a quick favor is after listening to this, can you please share our podcast with a fellow educator? Just click on your share, share the show, and you can send it right in a text to your friends, family, whoever. Um, Amy and I want to thank you so much for listening and all of your support. So thanks again for joining us this week and we'll chat again soon. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.